chase your dream a podcast that believes that all dreams can come true if you have the courage to pursue them each week we deliver the stories of a common person being successful by chasing the dream i am your host shoman today we have among us someone who needs no introduction shomo shankar ghoshal shomo is a kolkata based street and documentary photographer with over a decade of experience he has been curated with many awards both nationally and internationally shomo is also an official canon eos maestro shomo welcome to my show thank you so much thank you for having me here today shomo shomo uh, what does street photography mean to you street photography is pure love it's it's all about uh, documenting what's around me it's at the same time it's one of the easiest yet uh, one of the most challenging things to do because i would tell you the easiest because uh, first of all you don't uh, need specialized gears you can uh, do photography with whatever gear you have in your arsenal uh, you don't need to travel at far off places uh neither you have to like pack your bags or think about those things uh, you can do street photography somewhere near your neighborhood itself but at the same time it's pretty challenging because uh, you are dealing with real human beings so when you're dealing with real human beings it's not about just people it's all about emotion too so uh it's easy it's difficult it's a mix of both so that is pure love which is created out of it and it's of course of course whenever like i'm doing street photography or you are doing street photography we are basically documenting our time whatever is around us so uh, it would serve as a historical documentation too at the same point of time so it's fun tomo what first drew you to street photography and how did you discover it uh show me i'll be very honest with you i started photography from a very young age but I was really into photography say around from 2002 onwards but uh, at that point of time like internet was not as evolved as it is today like uh, we are discussing we are doing basically a video conferencing right now and it's being recorded so at that point of time since you're about my age you will know like uh, internet was not that evolved as it is right now so what really happened at that point of time when i started with photography internet was not that evolved so uh, we did not have a big opportunity of learning over the internet as like what it is much prominent today with let's say google or youtube so for the first 3 4 i almost about 5 years i was not really sure what genre uh, was basically applicable for me but how i started with street photography is probably an out of a coincidence like i used to document a lot of uh, macro photography uh, i i love of course like any beginner photographer i used to love nature photography but suddenly when i like went into the streets and when i started doing street photography i was not really aware i was doing street photography i came to know about it much much later so what attracted me was about people and that is how it started so so to be very honest i never knew that i was doing street photography while i was doing street photography <laughs> So what do you think makes a memorable street photography? 
anything for me that would be telling let's say uh, some kind of story i mean photography or rather typically street photography would be something uh, that would be without a caption because uh, if i write a caption for a photograph what it really does is uh, it would be leading my viewers uh, to my thoughts whatever i have been writing about the photo but uh, however good a photo technically is but until and unless it can speak with the uh, viewer directly without a photographer's intervention uh, i don't think that photograph becomes successful so uh, for me uh, the photo should try to speak for itself so that is the main reason you don't prefer giving captions on your photographs right that's right that's right i i prefer not giving captions because uh, it would be leading my thoughts onto them which i really do not want yeah of course if it is a very very something specific regarding uh, let's say i'm documenting a festival which is uh, very specific to my region a person who is not from india will probably not even understand what's happening so for those kind of photos maybe you can give a little bit of caption or an introduction of what is actually going on in that photo but that that is only to give a lead just to start but let the photo be interpreted by the person as is mm-hmm. this is my way of thinking about it absolutely how does black and white versus color play into your work i love seeing a lot of photos more uh, of people like let's say uh, people who are really famous people who are uh, my peer group or people who have just started like uh, i always try to understand their thought process of how they have tried to share their work in their life so uh, what i really understand it's not just about my photography it is about also about let's say uh, what is all around me if the photo is in color and the emotional content of the photo is getting drained out uh, because of the influence of color in that photo probably for me that photo should be turned into black and white because uh, the objective is not about the colors it is only probably about what the story or the emotional content of the photo is but if somehow the color of the photo enhances that emotional content of the photo probably it should stay in color so uh, it is not uh, I, i would always suggest someone who is in a dilemma whether a photo should be in color or in a black and white uh, the first thing that i always prefer is shooting in raw because even if you are shooting black and white in raw uh, at a later point of time you can recover it in color but if you are shooting uh, black and white in jpg uh, getting back into color is not possible so preferably what i suggest is you shoot in color uh, if at a later point of and shooting color and not only color shooting color in raw so at a later point of time you can always get back to black and white or if you want again go back to in color you can do so so uh, you do not really know at that point of time whether the photo should be in black and white or should be in color i prefer that i shoot in color but at a later point of time i probably converted into monochrome for you how important is content versus form personally speaking uh, for me it is uh, more about the content part of the photograph because uh, my genre is more into visual storytelling the one that we discussed a few moments back that the photos are generally without captions so 
the objective of my photos is to tell a story even without uh, writing anything about it but this is my form of telling story through a street photograph but uh, it is not the only acceptable style in street photography there are styles in which uh, the form plays a dominant role as the content it is not that uh, in my kind of photograph where i uh, where i am doing a little bit of uh, visual storytelling form is not there but content has a more uh, dominance in it but in other styles of photography where people would play in with uh, shades when people would play in with color uh, layers those kind of photographs are definitely applicable of course the the in that kind of photos the content is actually form so it's it, it, it's a mix and match of the both uh, for me personally i love the storytelling the storytelling content than the typical form that you would be referring to but of course i am not the final person to say what is right or what is wrong this is how i take it but of course there are other styles in street photography which are equally welcome and which are equally very very good so what do you think are the some cliches in street photography from which you always keep away see uh, whether it's street photography or landscape or wildlife whatever like uh, photography is almost going to be 200 years old uh, in a very short span of time so uh, and 200 years is a pretty long time so uh, in 200 years like I, i do not think there would be anything that is not have been documented so technically everything is cliched like uh, whatever i am doing in street i mean i am sure somebody else might have done it at some point of time or somebody is doing it right now and somebody will be doing it at that point of time so subjects if you call it like probably everything in the world is cliched but what uh, basically i try my best is not only me i am sure every photographer tries the best is like to do something that would give a mark uh, in the cliche i mean uh, for example i'll just give you an example like uh, howrah bridge or the robindra setu is one of the most prominent uh, landmarks of kolkata i am sure like howrah bridge has been uh, documented thousands of times not thousands probably a few hundreds of thousands of times uh, but in my photos or in somebody's photos who would be including the hara bridge uh, i would try to use some human element or people content in the photography so that uh, it creates a certain distinct character in the photo it is not just about the bridge of course the bridge remains as a backdrop but something probably interesting happens in the foreground uh, everything probably in the world is cliched but at the same time our objective as photographers would be to do something that would be like somebody would, if somebody sees that photo they would say okay this is shomin shengupto's style of photography so this is how, how i would treat like if you ask me what is cliched and how avoid i do not know i, I have no options of avoiding things but to take photos that would give a certain characteristics about your uh, artistic impression in that photograph so that is probably how to uh, take a photograph of a cliched subject but add something to it
that that is how i would treat it so what are the difficulties you have encountered when you started your street photography when i started with street photography the first thing that i told you like i never knew i was doing street photography and uh, i am talking about a period of like say 2005 uh, facebook or orkut was not that popular as what like facebook is today so uh, the only thing that the kind of social media that we used to interact was uh, something called the site website is still there it's called flickr so flickr uh, is a site where like people would be sharing photos and as i told you like internet was not evolved that much so uh, i was really really not aware the kind of photography i was doing so uh, discussing those things with people or getting a feedback out of it uh, didn't happen slowly what happened is i uh, got in a little bit of feel of what i am trying to do and that is probably how uh, it made into it okay so how has social media played a role in your photography if i am not wrong i am talking about a period of let's say 2006 onwards there was a social media cycle orkut and on orkut uh, we used to like uh, there was an option of just like facebook of putting up photographs that is when i started putting up photographs on social media other than flickr it does help a lot because uh, social media is something it is social media it's not a virtual world it is basically a real world but people are connected through a virtual medium that's it you are basically interacting with real people so uh, when you are sharing your photo it's not just likes or shares that you get it's more about Uh, i'm not also talking about the appreciation part of it it's more about whether your photos are being accepted uh, because uh, i am a self taught photographer uh, i technically never had one teacher everybody is my teacher so uh, when i'm posting a photo that photo if it is being liked or uh, anything that is positive about that photo that is happening i would know okay that photograph probably made some sense some sense it's not it may not be the best photo but some sense but there could be photos and it happens with me it happens with everyone you it happens with probably everyone like uh, one of the best let's say a, a very well exposed a technologically uh, brilliant photo but unfortunately it's not understood by people so how good a photo it if it is not speaking to your you are not speaking with your audience or viewer the photo is speaking on your behalf so until and unless that doesn't happen probably i don't know the photo doesn't work very well so that is where social media plays a very crucial role i believe yes social media does help you in getting recognition but again you you don't practice photography for recognition i mean recognition is basically a by product so but at least whatever you are doing if somebody appreciates uh, that's good as an artist point of view it does make you happy so when you are shooting how much is it uh, instinctual or it is uh, planned though i know that you don't believe in planned shooting but uh, still if you can narrate more on that yes for me like it's more on instinct because the problem is like uh, if you plan something especially i'm not talking about other genres of photography because of course planning is required in every genre of photography including street photography also uh, but uh, 
when you are out on street uh, if you plan too much about a certain thing to be photographed uh, the only problem that will happen is you will miss a lot other things that is happening around you you do miss uh, so you need to keep your eyes and thoughts very open like uh, if you are going to let's say for example like uh, i was a, i was pretty lucky enough to have been a part of a photography grant like it's called sharp video photography it's a quite prestigious grant and i had a pretty good opportunity in working about kolkata's handful rickshaws uh, this started from like uh, january 2019 to almost april 2019 so 3 4 months i had worked on this particular project like but of course it was a very extensive project like the thought process was only directed about this was a documentary on a uh, handful rickshaws of kolkata so being a street photographer what i have realized that uh, when you do a documentary photography you need to plan a lot like you need to probably plan every sequence that you are going to take a photo but of course in even in that also my subjects were pretty much aware that i was basically taking their photos but uh, they uh, uh, but what i'll tell you like i took photos at times when they were busy with their own work so it would not have been a very posed photos but the difference between a documentary photography and a street photography is i was too much concentrated on getting certain outcomes but when I, when the same person does street photography if i plan i would be getting certain photos probably perfectly but i would probably miss out 10 other things that are happening all around being a street photographer when i did that project i understood that i have missed probably a lot uh, in terms of street photography at that point of time but of course the documentary uh, went on very nice i mean uh, i am really lucky to have uh, probably a good body of work on calcutta's handful rickshaws so on this document part of calcutta handful rickshaw so when you are doing the documentary part how it is necessary is it necessary rather to mix up with those hand pullers and then to have an overview of them make them feel comfortable absolutely okay so basically this is the difference between you are meaning to trying to say this is the difference between a project yes that would that would be the difference between a showmo as a street photographer and showmo as a documentary photographer because uh, of course uh, in documentary photography your subjects are very much aware that you are in their space and you are documenting them so uh you have to make them a little comfortable because see at their work they are not habituated with somebody coming and especially an outsider coming in and taking photos in street photography it's absolutely different like when you take a photo uh, your subjects are absolutely not aware and when you take a photo you basically you are almost invisible you take a photo and you vanish out of the place and your subjects might not be even aware that you were already there that is the difference between i find me as a street photographer and me being a documentary photographer and a major difference is like uh, when i am doing street photography uh, what i found is uh, i'm talking about the documentary part everything was almost scripted i knew what would be the photograph that i am basically looking out for but in street photography as you told me no it's absolutely based on instinct so what are some projects or ideas do you have street photography uh there are two long term projects that uh, i personally work on uh, i love kolkata and documenting kolkata
and uh, I have a it's uh, it's it's basically a lifetime project. It doesn't have a like uh, timeline to be ended in a certain point of time. Uh, this is called uh, it's a funny name. It's called Kolkata Oli Goli Pakistoli. Uh, it's a Bengali phrase. Now, if you translate that to English, uh, it translates to Kolkata. That's the name of the city. Uh, Oli Goli Pakistoli is lanes, by lanes, and the intestines of Kolkata. That's the literal if you use the translation but it's basically uh, it means uh, trying to find the soul of kolkata and the soul of kolkata is the people of kolkata kolkata or any city it is not just about the monuments or the historic places or anything that uh, or the touristic locations but it is the people who make up any city it's not just about kolkata it's about the city Uh, it's about any city, so I love documenting people of Kolkata, and of course, uh, certain. I mean, I mean, of course, Kolkata in general. So this is a long-term project that I've been doing for maybe like 12 plus years, and uh, there is one more project uh, that goes on for me. Uh, I, I, again, it doesn't have an expiry date. Uh, that is the Calcutta handful rickshaws. I, I do not know why I love documenting handful rickshaws because. Uh, one of the reasons is like uh, uh, it's it might sound contradictory i don't like handful rickshaws i don't like them i don't like them for the fact because uh, even in the day where you have got a mobile phone and you can uh, get an cab on your app uh, even today uh, this is like uh, 2020 so it's almost about 115 years later uh, still you have handful rickshaws in kolkata who are a human being pulling another human being with a, it's basically it's it's like an animal so i i don't like that fact and probably when i'm documenting handful rickshaws i don't uh, i love to document about their lives i i try to go deeper in their lives so uh so i have been documenting these uh, rickshaws for a very very long time even the project has been complete for the grant uh, i still continue uh, with my project and probably i don't know maybe it would take maybe 25 years and after 25 years probably and i do not know even after 25 years whether handful rickshaws would be there or not if at all i i, I personally sincerely wish this thing doesn't exist after a certain point of time of course the project that i had worked upon i just did not work about the physical handful rickshaws it was the life of the rickshaw pullers and what my project tried to concentrate was how to rehabilitate these people it's not very easy to take out people from their uh, professions that they have been doing for ages and like these people cannot be given a driving license to start a driving app based cars you cannot so because they are more into the uh, physical labor kind of thing so basic objective is like the project concentrated not only about the lives and the difficulties of these people but the probably uh, what i had a discussion with a lot of people and uh, what could have been the rehabilitation a procedure of eradicating the rickshaw pullers from kolkata because the country which invented rickshaws that is japan uh, you find handful rickshaws even in japan only for recreational purposes 
not for purposes like uh, what it is used as a proper means of transport in kolkata i mean not in all parts but in quite a bit of kolkata it is used of course it has got a lot of emotional aspect to it because old people uh, rely on that personal connect on it with the rickshaw pullers and rickshaw pullers are very very useful especially during the uh, rainy season where calcutta at certain parts of calcutta does have a quite a bit of water logging so when certain amount like transports cannot reach those areas it is the handful rickshaw pullers they help in the transportation of people of course they have a lot of difficulties and the other time is during the durga pujas or the puja time uh, they have a very very good business and people uh, love getting onto those rickshaws but even i do not i told you like i like documenting the lives around it but i personally do not subscribe to the fact uh, of rickshaw the i mean the uh, the lifestyle or the difficulties of rickshaw pullers so even all of these years uh, i have taken a rickshaw ride probably for around 2 3 minutes only once in my lifetime and that too it was a very difficult situation i was going somewhere and uh, i was about to miss my train so but but after like 3 4 minutes i thought no it's not i i could not personally take it i thought no I, i'll just get off i paid him and i i started walking i thought no this is not a way of getting to somewhere like somebody is pulling me so i have been documenting it for a very very long time i have not only documented i have uh, i have almost i i won't say i have stayed at nights at their places but i have been to their places i have had food together with them i have had adda together with them and one more surprise uh, when i started doing this handful rickshaw project uh the very first thing that i did was not getting interactive interactive with these people not trying to take any photos of those people the very first thing i did was i learned to how to pull a rickshaw myself <laughs> okay i have i i i know how to pull a rickshaw myself i i won't say i know i i of course i know the principles of how to pull a rickshaw how to how to stop a rickshaw Uh, it's not very easy uh, i i know I, and even i know almost uh, every single part of a rickshaw and what is the usefulness of it uh, because i have seen a rickshaw being built from a scratch from zero to a full rickshaw uh, i have done it so i i personally took that lesson of riding a rickshaw uh, i mean riding a rickshaw myself just to understand how painful it is because if i do not know how painful it is uh, to pull another person it would be difficult in terms of photographs to represent that so the very first thing that i did was how to learn how to pull a rickshaw myself and i'm still in touch with that guy like he calls me once in a while and he often invites me for the chhat puja but of course this year to chhat puja will not happen in a very smooth way but he has like i have been to his place i have been to his place i have i have had food at his place so i'm pretty comfortable about that so the basic what we have learned is to start any project or something you need to go to the very basics of it yes on that note i would like to understand 
like when you started this project so how they accept you do they accept you like a normal person came and taking photographs or mixing up with them or how you make them comfortable it is by talking with them sharing tools with them is that intentional a part of your project yes it was pretty intentional like of course when i for uh, my photography i always have to carry my camera but when i started on this project like the, the very first thing that i needed to do was to build a rapport with them i needed to make them very comfortable that an outsider uh, here doesn't want to harm them the very basic thing that they needed to understand was of course i mean it's not that every place that i've approached that i've been accepted i've been rejected uh, from quite a few places because i i understand their apprehension because uh, first of all the rickshaws are actually outlawed in calcutta they are officially they cannot fly in the city of calcutta because if i'm not wrong 2007 this was like uh, it was not recognized as a proper form of transport and and from 2007 onwards i mean licenses have not been issued anymore so the very first thing that i tried was to build up a rapport with them so that they understood that this person doesn't have anything that would probably harm them that is the very first thing and that probably started of course i was carrying my camera but i always carry my camera in a backpack which people will really not know i am carrying a camera so they are not really aware of the contents of my bag so i would just go there and i would speak and of course i told them the truth that i i i would be doing a documentary on you and uh, these are the things that i plan to do with you uh, so would you be interested and of course uh, when i did the shop idea project uh, the, the grant that i had received i had spent actually more than the grant money uh, to have distributed that money to them because i uh, see a rickshaw puller earns around uh, maximum around let's say of course the uh, the amount of income is dependent on which part of kolkata he is flying like if he is flying in the northern part of kolkata he would be earning around maximum of 300 rupees uh, if in the southern part of calcutta he would be earning around let's say 400 rupees and but if he is in the central part of calcutta he would be earning around let's say 450 to 500 rupees per day and take it out take it on average this is an average amount so if i am taking a rickshaw puller i am asking for his time because i need his time so i would be basically booking him that you don't have to take the rickshaw out today you stay with me and this is the money that i'm going to pay you so that he is he doesn't suffer because he doesn't uh, get an income out of it so that is the very first thing that i and not only about that it is like i told you like if i have to make him comfortable like i have to be someone like him i'll have to sit together and share food with him i have to sit together and i'll have to uh, know what his problems are that is that is the time probably he would become comfortable with me otherwise it would be difficult uh, there are even there are certain point of time where like uh, uh, probably you will know like alcoholism is a very uh, inherent problem with the rickshaw pullers uh, a good amount of their income is is goes down the drain uh, for the alcohol so alcohol was of course a part of my script i wanted to put i wanted to take a photo of something to do with alcohol but 
I was thinking about how do I like do something with alcohol whether I, I I get a few bottles and on a backdrop I show a few people sitting together and having their drink uh, I was not really aware like how would I go about the whole thing so here my street photography came into a big play uh, what happened and this I'll tell you happened on the very first day of my documentation uh, I was crossing a certain place and there is a country liquor shop and I see there is a rickshaw puller sitting and of course he didn't have a glass, he didn't have a bottle uh, or neither I could like if I would have taken a photograph of that person I could not have proved that he was basically in front of a liquor shop until I took a photo from, from the other side. Even otherwise it wouldn't have proved anything because he was sitting let's say 10 feet away or 20 feet away from the liquor shop. It wouldn't have proved anything. Now I was there. Here street photography came into place. I was observing him and I, I knew he was drunk. I knew. He was basically looking at me and suddenly I find a lady comes and pulls him by his collar. I mean not his collar, I think some kind of clothes, I, I forgot what it is. And even I remember like she had probably even hit him also. Now I took the photos of that sequence. Now it speaks about alcoholism without even showing a bottle or a glass of alcohol. The effects of it. So certain photographs at certain point of times do happen with your instinct but uh, there are times probably you need to be in touch with them. Nice incidents. <laughs> so what are the thoughts and feelings about shooting individually versus shooting in a small group when you are out in the street? Um, it might sound very very selfish. But uh, if you are practicing street photography, you should be all alone. Uh, you should be alone. But, but of course, if you ask me, uh, I am never alone. I, I always go out with my a few of my very trusted friends. We have a fantastic time, and we I cannot say we have. Now it's more of a past tense, like we had, and uh, and I am sure after the pandemic. Uh, we will be having a gala time even at that point of time because when we go out with friends it's more like I'll tell you it's more like it's about photography but it's more having a lot of fun having a lot of discussion of course those are morely, mostly into about photography it's not about uh, anything else it's primarily about photography and the fun part is uh, we have a lot of food after the photography thing goes over. So when you are alone doing some kind of... Of course when I was doing the uh, documentary photography thing, of course I was pretty much alone. But I personally love to go out with friends. But uh, what I realize is if you, are, if you have to have good photographs, uh, you need to be selfish. Selfish for the fact that it is not about your friend would be getting an exact similar frame, it's not about that. Uh, it's about the concentration that if you go alone, you are absolutely con giving a concentration on about photography. But, but personally speaking, over a period of time, with a few set of friends, uh, even that concentration happens with me also. Not only with me, I mean with my friends also it happens. 
they don't get distracted yeah and we have a very very uh, clear uh, things with us like if i am photographing somewhere from here uh, my friends would not be over there they would be somewhere around we have a we have a mutual respect for each other and uh, they are accomplished photographers themselves so it's it's more about mutual respect of course we go out together but we have our individual friends okay what are some tips or advice you would give to yourself if you start street photography all over again yeah the first the very first advice that i would give to myself is learn the basics learn the basics first i mean when i started like my basics uh, of course i cannot even today after so many years i cannot say my basics are thoroughly clear like to uh, today is 2020 so 18 years is not a very small amount of time but even after 18 years i feel uh, i have i mean i'm i've just touched photography there are so many things to be learned but uh, when i started photography i tell you like uh, i don't feel ashamed about it today uh, with the click of a mouse or touch of a screen uh, even a non photographer would know what is an iso is he would just get beautiful tutorials on uh, youtube or google he would be getting so much of information but i am talking about a period of 2002 when again internet was not this much evolved i am not talking about speed i am also talking about the volume of content was not that high so it took me a long time to figure out what is this iso thing all about because i did not get an opportunity of course since i did not have a teacher around me that you who would be helping me to understand what an iso is so i had to rely on the internet i had to go to many sites just to find okay uh, because because as a beginner i could not differentiate between what is the difference between iso 100 and 400 and 800 and 1600 they look very much similar of course uh, oh yeah of course what i found is the photograph became bad that point of time i never knew there is a term called noise i never knew about it but only thing i saw okay if i increase something called iso i mean the photograph gets bad so there of course if i would have started let's see if i start right now once again i would definitely try to get my basics very very clear i would definitely try because yeah of course over a period of time it is it's, it's an always a constant it's a learning process it is not that somebody who is starting today if he gets his basic clear he will not learn new things in the coming 20 years you will learn many new things every day but, but to start with i would definitely advise to get your basics clear so now let us divert and indulge to your childhood part so in your childhood days what is the thing what was your ambition you want to be a photographer or something else as every child has I, i'll tell you like uh, when i was a kid uh, the only ambition in my life was i never knew what to study i never knew how would that be a possibility uh, th- th- there is a uh, there used to be not i mean the the factory doesn't exist anymore uh, the, there is to be a factory near my like my place where i stay basically it, it was a pharmaceutical company and they would basically uh, allow i mean not everybody 
kids to come into that factory. I mean, they didn't ever stop. And I still remember, like, I I do not know why I loved, or rather, even I still love going to factories. I mean, I, I whenever I'm going for out on a photography uh, trip or something, if I even see a very small workshop uh, working on a lathe machine, I still go there and I stand for some time. I, I really enjoy that process. So I used to love going to this factory, and I still remember there used to be a manager out of the factory, and then. And he, out of his curiosity, he asked me, like, I see you coming here almost in a very short interval. You come here. Like, why do you come? I said, I don't know. I love seeing. I don't understand anything what's happening around. But I love seeing machines making tablets. I love seeing those tablets getting, uh, like, packed. I, love, I used to love going to their lab where they used to like, they had a lot of things. I never knew what happened, but I love, like he asked me like, why? I said, I don't know why, but I can tell you like, uh, I would do business uh, when I grow up. So he asked me, what business will you do? He said, I, and then this is a real answer that I gave him. I don't know what, what business I will do. I will probably sell potatoes. <laughs> this is the answer I gave him. And I still remember uh, when I was uh, in class two or three, uh, I used to make envelopes. I never knew uh, what a term called payment is, but I used to write payment uh, on those envelopes and I used to write whatever I used to actually hear, payment, order, those kind of words. I, I never knew what are those things at all. So I used to write those captions on, I never write captions on my photos, but I used to write captions on those envelopes and I, I, I used to play with those envelopes. So yes, I of course I had an ambition of uh, doing something. I never knew what I would do. I never knew what I had to study uh, to be into business or in a profession, whatever it is. Uh, but I knew I had to do a thing called business. I don't. I never knew what business was, but I knew something. It would be definitely fun. But I never dreamt of becoming a photographer. Uh, never ever dreamt of becoming a teacher, uh, which I do very often right now. I love. I, I cannot claim to be a teacher, but I, uh, of course, I love sharing whatever little I have been learning over a period of time. But to answer you, yeah, I wanted to be into a business or profession, but never thought about photography. But yes, photography had attracted me uh, from a very small age. Uh, there is a very particular reason because my grandfather used to be a very avid photographer. My father used to be a, an avid photographer. He doesn't take photographs anymore, but uh, he used to be. and. Photography for me came out of absolute curiosity. There is an Almira at our place, I mean my father's Almira, and one part of the Almira was dedicated to cameras and I was not allowed to even come near to that place. I never knew what was kept, I knew there is something called a camera and of course now I knew what were the contents. Uh, there used to be cameras, there used to be lenses, there used to be like filters, various kind of filters, those used to be there. And the mezzanine floor of my home 
it used to be an a dark room for my grandfather and even today though that room has now been converted into a uh, temple or the puja room that we call in india uh, still that room i refer or my um, i mean people in the neighborhood or people who are very close to me or my relatives they still refer that room as the photography room we don't call that as a dark room it is still referred as though the things have been kept at a very different place though that absolutely belong to my grandfather uh, it is it is very well taken care of but still that room is still called a photography room so that is you know my curiosity like why am i not allowed to touch that camera or go to that room so that was the thing that made me very very curious so that is how that photography thing that photography bug came into it so it is basically a legacy which you are carrying Uh, I can say. Ah, uh, legacy, but but very honestly, like I, I I never had an opportunity to discuss photography with my grandfather because uh, he passed away when I was in class nine. So we never had an opportunity in discussing photography. But even with my father, like I, I we we discuss tens of hundreds of things, but nothing regarding photography. Nothing regarding. Yeah, it's a legacy that has happened. but i don't know it could be coincidence it could be yeah of course probably if it stays in the as you call it in the genes uh, probably it comes in because uh, my do- I-, i never encourage personally my daughter to do photography i i never ask her to do so because it's absolutely her choice like whether she would be taking a photography or she would be she loves painting of course i used to love painting my wife loves painting uh, it is it's not something that we told her to do it it is something that probably comes with it so probably i don't know even like she does a lot of painting but at the same time uh she loves to take photos also so when she asks me something and she is pretty curious like uh when i take those webinars uh, like what do i say she of course she is a student of class 4 she doesn't get to understand the technicalities but there are certain point of times when she would even come to this room and she probably tries to understand and and uh, she's after the webinar is over uh, she takes a few notes and asks me of course sometimes the spellings of course are not correct or the pronunciation is not correct uh, she would ask me like you told this thing during that webinar uh, what does it mean I said, why are you asking? He said, no, I want to ask you. And and like uh, as I told you, I never encourage her. But uh, probably it's a play of the genes. Like she would go back whatever little she has learned and try to teach her grandmother, my mother, <laughs> how it has to be done. Or she would be experimenting that on my grandmother. I, I mean, her grandmother, my mother. Okay. <laughs> probably the fourth generation is getting ready. Yes, the probably the fourth generation is getting ready. <laughs> so another very big question: Do you take photography for yourself or for others? Uh, I believe every photographer, whether it is you, whether it is me, or anybody who is listening this today, uh, I am sure everybody takes a photo for themselves because. Uh, 
the very first time when you take a photo it is the pleasure when you, when you take a photo and if it is a good one the kind of pleasure that you get out of that photo is unimaginable because you actually see the photo twice you see the things unfolding before your eyes you see the reality that is the first time you see it and when you click it the second time you see after it gets recorded so you are the luckiest person because you see that thing happening live and you see that thing after being recorded so you see that thing twice you generally take a photographer yourself but at the same time it is not about appreciation it is more about sharing as an artist uh, you would love to share your work uh, with the audience with your viewers so of course you take a photograph for yourself and definitely the second part is like sharing with someone and if uh, somebody would appreciate it's very good that at least your work has meant something for them and if you get a some kind of achievement out of it uh, some prize or some other recognition or something accolade and that's an additional benefit but it is not for the additional benefit that you do photography for photography is of course for uh, yourself then probably for others okay so how do you take negative feedback i know there are less negative feedback in your case but how do you take negative feedback any feedback uh, should be welcome whether it is positive uh, you should take positive feedback for the fact that okay you are doing a little good uh, you have to be better but negative feedback is i i would use the word negative feedback i really don't like negative feedback i like constructive feedback i love constructive criticism criticism is something that we can do for any sphere it's not about criticism it has to be a constructive criticism that if somebody says me a statement i did not like your photo i really don't like that statement the person has to tell me i did not like your photo because of these three things and not only these three things you could improve upon these three things and for photography you should of course there are two kinds of people you can approach uh, somebody who are interested in photography i mean i'm talking about photographers like you and me who are into photography but you would really get a good feedback from non photographers you get absolutely brilliant feedback because they don't know about photography say so they don't know about the rules of composition they don't know what an exposure is they don't what they really understand is the storyline of your photography so if they would say i didn't understand your photo because they would not be bothered whether the technical aspects of the photographs are good enough or not so they, i have seen people who are non photographers they would give you the kind of feedback probably even photographers cannot because we have a mental block because whenever we see a photo we think in terms of the exposure we think in terms of the composition the story takes a back seat but for non photographers they would be giving you from their perspective uh, that is very very helpful 
you are taking photographs of course for yourselves but generally not for the photographers it is generally if you really want to show you you want to show it to own photographers the movies that we see whether it's a bollywood movie or it's a hollywood movie or a tollywood movie or whatever movie it is i mean the people uh, who would be making the movies uh, it's very easy to criticize that movie was very bad the movie was very good it's very easy to do so but it is not that those people are fools those people are not fools even if they are making a very funny movie they have they have kept it in mind it is not made for other directors or producers or cinematographers it is made for people like you and me who would basically go to a movie theater and enjoy that movie so they understand the thing so when you ask me the question of uh, whether content is important or form is important for me it's the content is very important for the fact because i want to really connect with people who are not into photography because people who generally love my work or appreciate my work most of them are not yeah of course there are a huge community which does love my work and they are from the photography fraternity but there is a huge chunk of people who would be from the non photography community because it really connects with them very easily i am not criticizing about people who are into the form aspect of it because the form aspect of it will not generally connect with general people i mean people who are not inclined towards photography because a photo with a lot of layers i mean it might mean something for you and me but for them okay there are a lot of people standing that's it what's so crazy or interesting about it but of course when the person made that photo i mean he had a lot of creative sense i mean the photo is never bad the photo is fantastic but unfortunately the photo connects with people like you and me the photo doesn't connect with the general public so that is where probably my style of photography or rather i mean anybody who is in the visual sort of thing style of photography uh, comes into the role so exactly what is you want to say with your photographs and how do you actually get your photographs to that i am living in a certain time i want to document my city kolkata over the period of years in which i have been living or we will be living in the future i really want to tell stories real stories that probably let's say 50 years down the line when people 50 years or maybe i don't know 100 years down the line i'm not talking about my photos i'm talking about whoever is taking photographs now or have taken earlier or will be taking in the future their photos i mean that kind of photos should 100 years down the line i'm talking about let's say the fourth generation they when they see that photo they should have the sense of reality how the city was at that point of time they should not be under a very fake impression that those kind of anything that is staged or anything that did not happen and i make it happen in the photo happened at that point of time for me it is documentation about the reality and i really want to show a uh, visual storytelling in my photos which are real which i can connect with them very easily and probably down the line people can connect or those things might be weird for them okay that happened in kolkata i mean for example uh, 
like people talking on their uh, mobile phones today is something very very common and normal uh, 100 years down the line i mean a mobile phone might not even exist i mean people would be maybe some kind of talking with the other person or communicating through any kind of virtual reality or artificial intelligence i mean a physical phone will not matter the kind of uh, the, the the thing that we are doing roman and i that i'm doing right now we are using a gadget called laptop i mean a laptop or a phone 100 years down the line might not even exist things might be very very different for them right. that is why i wanted to document anything that is happening in the reality so that they might have a sense of it 100 years down the line and not only me i'm talking about i'm talking i'm talking about my my photographer i'm talking about everybody's problem so how do you educate yourself to take a better picture education is a constant process as in uh, the only thing that i try to do is not only learn about my genre of photography that is street and documentary i love reading about other genres of photography those might not be directly uh, helping me in my photography but ideas thoughts can definitely be implemented here too so learning is a constant process so every day you need to try and find out something that is new that is happening in the world you are at least abreast about the modern technologies that is happening and of course never be satisfied with your own work once you get satisfied with your work if you try to set a bar you cannot you cannot move at all and uh, and whenever you do photography uh, you should absolutely forget that uh, you have won these recognitions or whatever those things should not be inside your head because once they're inside your head it could actually hinder you to take better photographs and your basic objective should be i take a photo today and when i take a photo tomorrow it should be one notch higher than today of course every day it's not possible i know but you have to push yourself very hard in this and when i am talking about one good photo is uh, if a photographer can have one photo in a year one when i mean good i mean good one real good photo in a year he is settled I mean, if a photographer has a let's say a span of 40 years of photography experience or whatever, and 40 good photographs over his lifetime, he is settled. He is more or less settled. Nowadays, with this digital cameras so advanced, photography is has become much easier compared to the previous one which other peoples have used. So, how do you compare today's photographer, vice versa? to be fast photographers comparing in the sense i am not asking you to compare about their work everybody is doing an excellent job but what i want to understand is how difficult it was for the previous photographers to have a photograph than to take a photograph in today's generation right photography was as difficult in the yesteryears as it is today it was equally difficult the only difference that has been made with today's advancement is as soon as you click you get an output whether you click it on a mobile phone or whether you click it on a dslr or a mirrorless or any kind of camera that you would be having with you photography knowing about the basics knowing about your subject has been like difficult or easy whatever it is in the yesterday 
even today only difference today is you get the output very very soon i mean almost instantaneously photography was never easy photography is not very difficult in both the times if somebody's basics were not clear in the earlier years he would not have taken a very good photo and even today if somebody's basics is not very clear he would not be able to take a good photo somebody who had his basics very very clear in the earlier years definitely had taken a brilliant photo it happens today only difference is in terms of technology now what i believe it has made very easy is technology because you can see the output right away but what i would suggest although you have moved into the digital space think like a film photographer and take photos digitally now what do i mean about that the person who used to take photographs with films they would have had 36 to 38 exposures per film roll so that was the maximum they could do so they were very very creative they were very very careful uh, about exposing their photographs they did not randomly take photos so they were pretty convinced before clicking a shutter in today's digital technology we know that clicking photos randomly doesn't give you a big problem so people take random photos maybe they would be taking 500 photos and probably one photo will survive so that is what i meant think about a full photographer but work in the digital space don't take random photos people think that taking photos with digital cameras it is free unfortunately it is not whatever click you do there is a shutter cost a digital camera of course a high end digital camera will survive for a very long time a low end digital camera will not survive for a very long time so every camera has got a shutter count very expensive camera would be having a shutter count let's say about 5 lakh autocations a less costly digital camera would be having let's say 50000 autocations whenever you are clicking it is actually not free it is like a prepaid mobile expenses you have already yeah of course you don't need to like uh, there is no developmental cost yes but of course you don't have developmental cost but you do have you don't have to go to a lab but you have to store those photos on your hard drive so there is a cost attached to it it's not free the thing is that intrinsically you don't technically you don't pay but you have actually have a prepaid expenses one you are limited with the number of shutter autocations number two you have a limitation of your hard drive space now if you take random photos you are actually incurring cost it does you don't have to pay an upfront cost it's basically a prepaid cost what you need to do is whatever is the shutter count you need to divide that with the money you have spent you will get a per image cost so it, it was never easy it is never easy today in the digital space the photoshop is there of course continuous if photo is good you cannot have a if the image is not good enough how good you would make it with photoshop you cannot it has limitations and of course you had photoshop a photoshop or a similar kind of digital processing software it's called a digital dark room now 
how come the dark room what has come from you used to have dark room even the film days also instead of working digitally on a computer they used to work with chemicals even at that point of time also you had post processing so it was never easy or it is never easy or rather it was never that difficult or it is also never that difficult so it depends on the perspective so you are the founder member of a group you are also attached with few other groups uh, in facebook or in other social medias what is the purpose of those groups uh, i'll tell you i am constantly part of a group called streets of calcutta we started in like 2015 uh, it started off with a thought process like myself and my friends we were taking photos but there were two purposes i wanted to have an archive of a common archive of people of kolkata and when i started building this archive and of course a good amount of people have helped me in getting this archive and when when you are talking about streets of calcutta if i not mention about people like nilanjan pathok we call him nilanjan da there is an, another gentleman called uh, indrajit lahiri uh, another friend of mine is called Ayanavushil. There is again another gentleman called Prithviraj Shorka. So these are the people. Of course, there are a lot of other people who have. If I am not mentioning them, I am not disregarding their presence. Uh, it, there are a lot of other people who have helped me to put up this archive in whatever stage it is right now today. When we started building this archive, we uh, got one more feedback that it is not about building the archive. It is also about building the photography community. and if you are building the photography community it is not just about the photos it is also about the education part of it so they need to be like uh, and whatever programs that we have uh, done over a period of time i mean i am very very lucky to have uh, got a lot of corporate hand holding for all my projects and uh, and those corporate hand holdings have helped streets of calcutta in getting the projects done for free absolutely free uh, we have never charged money and except for one instance uh, where we had charged 200 rupees each but i ensured that uh, if i am taking 200 rupees from a participant he has got a worth of 1400 rupees and not only that he has got that education part of it also which we probably you can evaluate with money right so we generally have technically we have never taken money for any kind of education uh, we are very very lucky a lot of corporate houses have helped us still they are helping us with our projects so streets of calcutta had an objective of uh, building an archive as well as uh, having an education platform it has given a platform to a lot of people Uh, i am sure they would acknowledge it's not me or the people who are associated with this project but uh, i am sure it has been a very very collective thing and of course it, it wouldn't have been possible if the participants did not have a wholehearted role in it they of course had a very wholehearted role so any tips for the upcoming street photographers from your side one <laughs> be thorough with the basics start with uh, your local neighborhood because uh, when you start doing something about street photography one thing that bothers you a lot is 
people asking a lot of questions people are actually afraid of you it's very easy to take i'm not saying very very easy to take a photograph of a bird because the bird might fly away you have to wait a lot for that bird and it's not about uh, the bird it's you have to know about that bird i'm not talking anything negative about any other genre of photography but there you don't deal with a real human being so here since you deal with a real human being and uh, getting in touch with that person and, and, and the kind of feedback that you might get especially as a beginner uh, bothers you to start so it's always good to study since you have been born in that neighborhood or you've been staying in that neighborhood for a very very long time so going around that neighborhood to get acquainted and people in general either from your neighborhood or some other neighborhood i mean people are almost the same so if you do a little bit of photography and and when you start off with street photography uh, you, you would want to take permission of people of that uh, i want to take your photo of course when you take a photo ask them to smile or send pose take a photos i mean the basic objective is for not them getting acquainted or with you it is you getting acquainted with the street so if you start becoming comfortable with people then only at a certain point of time you would be taking photos without taking permission and that is an essence of street photography you don't take permission from people uh, while taking photos so this is one thing i would suggest and when you start when you just start like you take post photos you ask them to sit you ask them to stand you ask them to walk but don't make this a habit that is just not to make them feel comfortable it is for you to become comfortable after let's say a month of practice maybe you should try to become invisible and take photos and strike a conversation only when if the person is aware of your presence and in general people don't bother you people will be pretty happy that somebody is taking a photo of them so they would be very happy in seeing doing so but start doing something that would lessen your fear see a lot of photographs not only people from the yesteryears people from your peer group people who are your contemporary people who have started people who take really good photographs people who have probably mediocre photographs it is it is not about criticizing other people it is about learning from their work and the objective is don't reinvent the wheel if somebody has that that is the thing about regarding the cliche because everything probably in the world is a cliche so uh, don't reinvent the wheel but probably add a stepney to your project the wheel is a wheel how, how more do you change but do something that would be uh, identified okay he has done it the other things that i can tell you is not only if you are a street photographer just don't think about street photography see other forms of photography also because those will not help you directly but indirectly they will give you some aspects about photography in general the most important thing never photograph with any kind of objective i assure you you are bound to fail nobody can claim that he has got success in one go the more you fail the more you learn so the objective is 
you will probably not get good photographs probably in the coming one year two years three years but keep practicing don't leave it because once you leave it probably you had success in the next frame you never know keep continuing at one point of time of course you are not working for success but something will happen and at one point of time you will know okay i was taking a photo and it is probably over in bengali there is a saying called hal chhere dio na bondhu it basically means don't 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 leave do for the love out of doing photography uh, things things will pour in it takes time nothing happens in one go so if you step into my shoes what should i ask you that i haven't <laughs> uh if i step into your shoes okay uh, uh, the little amount of people who know me uh, they know me for photography uh, I, i personally uh, love two more things uh, rather not two more things three more things one of them is martial arts the other thing i really really love and enjoy is computers and networking and uh, shobhan has been my friend for a very long time so whenever we discuss uh, we of course discuss photography but we discuss other things more than photography that is about networking and computers and another thing i really really love is aviation so these are the things i i love but people uh, don't know I mean of course they are not supposed to know also so do you practice martial arts even now or you have skipped out of it yes i don't typically practice martial arts as i used to be doing let's say 20 years back but uh, more than 20 i guess yeah more than 20 so it's it's 24 years i guess but uh, i i i have met up with uh, one very bad accident and one small accident and that has basically damaged my spinal cord badly of course uh, i cannot practice those fancy kicks anymore but yes i am in like physical uh, exercise i do it very often and sometimes uh, i put up certain things on social media like i am doing i mean i, I, mean, I have done it only i think twice or thrice when I mean, i am practicing martial arts or those kind of things or i'm actually hanging upside down those kind of things those kind of weird things but uh, no on a regular basis i do not but yes i i, I am physically i am fit right so on that note i would like to ask you that i have seen a photographs uh, that you are doing a high kick uh, probably it has been taken by your daughter yes that is the one i was basically referring to this <laughs> so, so shows that actually uh, the fourth generation is getting ready So the legacy continues. The fourth generation is ready, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, why, why I posted that photo. No, it's not because I was doing a high kick. No, 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 no. The reason I posted actually that was a part of a lesson for my daughter. Like I was basically at my terrace, and there was a crow that was basically sitting on the water tank, and she asked me the question, "My, if the crow starts flying." how can i take that photo of that crow in flight i told her i told her that it has to do something called you have your shutter speed should be a little high so of course i did not have a crow but i was there a human dummy 
so i told her that uh, i will be doing a few high kicks and you need to take a photo of me when my kick is at a certain height you have to take a photo you have to freeze you have to take a photo at that point of time like not only the shutter speed should be good you have to be in a perfect focus of course she took it with a mobile phone and not with a typical camera i posted it primarily because she could pass that test of freezing something in motion so it was basically a lesson of high shutter speed and not about my fancy kicks kicks are basically secondary yeah actually this is what is showing that the legacy continues yeah, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> I mean and and I'm a human dummy so I mean guinea pig I would say the guinea pig would be a correct term <laughs> Shoma it was absolute pleasure chatting with you we had a wonderful session we had talked almost one or one and a half hours man <laughs> yes and we never bored actually it was fun talking with you yeah thank you so much thank you for having me here thank you for those uh, really interesting set of questions uh, those impromptu questions because uh, i am glad that you did not send me the questions earlier because uh, that would had the answers would have been prepared and uh, this was an impromptu discussion we had so it was probably on the go uh, thank you shoman thanks a lot for your time and i'm sure like uh, uh, the podcast that you're doing it will gain much more prominence and everybody would be benefiting you are not just uh, working with photographers but you are working with people i have gone through some of the other podcasts that you have done uh, it is about people from other spheres of life so whether you are in photography or in some other genre or whatever uh, i'm sure people from uh, other genres i i do not know how much people would be taking any cues from the discussion we had today but i am sure i would request them to listen to the other interviews that showman have done with them uh, they would definitely help you uh, to have some perspective uh, in your life thank you showman thanks a lot thank, thank you for having me here today thank you thank you thank you for joining us this week don't forget to subscribe us on any platform beat anchor.fm spotify google podcast apple podcast jio seven castbox etc also tell your friend family members and enemies about the show be sure to tune in next week for another new episode myself shoman sangupta signing off not before saying all dreams can come true provided you have the courage to pursue them I would like to thank my listeners for listening to my podcast and I'm also recommending the listeners to listen to the podcast of my fellow podcaster Nafisa Nazneen. The name of our podcast is Basics to Bloom. This podcast will enlighten you to look at things in a different way and will guide you to transform yourself to the better version for Basics to Bloom. Her podcast is available in all major platforms be it Apple, Spotify, Google and obviously anchor.fm. Do remember to check her out. The name of her podcast is Basics to Bloom. Thank you. This part of the program is sponsored by Hey there, Coach Energy here. I am the single parents life coach. 
I am a certified life and relationship coach, mentor, and speaker who has served single dads and single moms for nearly two decades. I offer group coaching, one-on-one private coaching, and VIP day intensives. Right now, I am extending a free 30-minute consultation with no obligation attached. Take advantage of this by visiting my website, coachenergy.com, and schedule your appointment today. Energy is spelled N-R-G-Y.